Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Why, hello and good evening, Toronto Blue Jays fans. Welcome to another wonderful evening at Jaybird Watching and Blue Jays Chat here. I know we might have lost today, but there's some good things to look forward to. And then, you know, just like always, there's good mixed with the bad. So, Jason, how are we doing this evening, my friend? Craig, you know, it's a beautiful day here in Vancouver. Uh, I'm on day... Uh, nine in a row of coaching baseball. Uh, it's been nothing but sun and, and blue skies out here in the in the land of milk and honey in Vancouver. And so, you know, even a Jays loss can't sort of sully my my. Although, you know, sort of watching today and 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 watching what a what a great uh, you know effort Kikuchi puts in, and then what a brutal effort they put in at the plate. I, I will say Baltimore's pitching was pretty good today, but still. Anyway, yeah, to that um, to that point, Baltimore's been a hell of a team, and they're only proving yeah. that immensely but on the uh so if i had to pick a theme song for you right now why am i leaning in the elo don't bring me down ballpark or (laughs) the other one was uh was the the uh believe it or not i'm walking on air i was thinking about that one you know what's that from greatest american hero or something like that yep or just go um keep continuing the uh the elo uh point you seen the movie guardians of the galaxy yep so the second one baby groot's running around um to mr sunshine and that's like me i feel like all day every day in life period shit's yep. happening around me and i'm just sitting here going yeah that's right dun, 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 yep. dun. <laughs> so it's all good right so anyways let's talk about the game that just wrapped up not terribly long ago let's talk about this last game against the baltimore orioles and we're just gonna do a little backwards talk this week <laughs> why not we'll mix it up a little bit talk about the prevalent so you had mentioned, you said Kikuchi, another wonderful outing. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, I mean, he he really, like, I mean, he was actually a little bit wild today. I I, I didn't get to, unfortunately, didn't get to actually physically watch the whole game. Yeah. But props to uh, Sportsnet out here. Um, they had it on the radio for us regular, which is weird, um, just driving along <laughs> out doing my work, and, and it was on the radio. Um, it sounded like he was, he, he didn't have a lot of control with, with his slider, but he was picking it up with the fastball. And that's what you have to do. If you don't have a pitch that's working, um, it was nice to see Jansen be smart enough to keep him away from that pitch. And when, when they did want to sprinkle it in, then the, then Baltimore was biting on it and swinging. Um, his slider was nowhere near the zone. It sounded like, but 
if you can throw a couple of 94s right down Main Street and then, you know, dribble one across, it, it makes for a very effective pitch. Uh, I mean, I think, and I mean, we're going to get an, into Berrios later on. Um, I think the two of them plus Gosman are three of the best pitchers in the majors right now. I mean, it just seems like every time they roll out, the Jays have a chance to win. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate, I think, sometimes that they don't hit better and they don't do the things. But again, I think we're, a lot of things are positive. I mean, I, I feel like Bo's playing well. I feel like like Brandon Belt has had a really good sort of three-week stretch or month stretch. It's unfortunate uh, we're missing him, though, right now yeah, in this series yeah. against the Orioles. But to that point, he was on a nice tear and was, to that point, looking like what the Blue Jays, you know, players were calling him MVP. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, it's, I think that, that Kikuchi, you know, I think that he just needs to to stay where he is. He's not trying to overpitch. He's not trying to he's not trying to strike out for you know fifteen guys in a game. It's it's not his game. It's, he's he needs to put good pitches on. and He needs to let them hit ground balls. And yeah. you know, we were kind of talking about this before we came on. I think at any time this year, especially when you're going against the the, the Orioles and um, you 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 allow them four. You know, Kikuchi allows two. Your bullpen allows two. I mean, you got a pretty decent chance to win that game in most cases. Um, just too bad that the only person that came to play today was Danny Jansen. That would be the catch. But I want to do mention on the Kikuchi thing from watching through the highlights and whatnot. I, you know, I, like many people, I have a day job. <laughs> I don't get to watch Blue Jays baseball all day, every day, because unfortunately, as much as I wish this was, this is not my day job. <laughs> he throws 94 pitches in four and two thirds innings. You had mentioned he was a little wild. You could tell that from the highlights, but he found, like you said, found something in the aggregate with Danny Jansen to be able to turn around, strike out seven. And for a guy that was struggling with his control, Jason, I'm very surprised the fact that he still only walked two guys. Usually when you have a day where you're off pitch is something is, you know, turning that to the point where you're not finding the plate. That's a four walk game in that condensed time frame there really, really quickly, especially yeah. with what we've seen with Kikuchi over the years. That's kind of the MO until this year. And I, I don't think that we're talking enough about how shredding those guys have been um, yeah. when they are on, they are on. And, you know, that we've seen an all, you know, basically a no hitter going into seven. Gosman has had a lot of oper- or a lot of games where he's had one, two hits, you know, going into the fifth, sixth inning. And he's just blistering balls by guys. He he's getting pulled in the seventh after a hundred and change pitches. And he's still, you know, in the, in the high nineties and looking like he could keep going side note. How good did Nate Pearson look today? Holy. Very good. And that guy from, that guy from the Orioles is just a flamethrower. Holy Bautista. Yeah. Crazy. If he comes into the game, he is what BJ Ryan was for the Orioles for the, that he wasn't for the blue Jays. (laughs) So, um, but outside that fact, you, you had mentioned Pearson coming out and throwing smoke again, another blank inning. He's sporting a 1.96 ERA and really like we've talked about looking for those opportunities where he can get some more leverage pieces, He's, he's earned it. And to that point, that was what we saw today. You know, they bring Garcia out when just to get through an inning after, you know, last out in the inning comes in with Mesa to finish off the inning. And then you get Pearson coming in for a clean inning. But yeah. late in the game when the game was still on the line, that, that's exactly what we were wanting to see out of him. A blank zero on that scoreboard while he's facing an A-list team, especially as far as offense is concerned. We, this is a lineup right now with the Baltimore Orioles that have the red-hot Gunnar Henderson 
Allie Rushman ain't too far behind him. But just think of Mullins. this. 20, 21-year-old Gunnar Henderson is the reigning player of the week in the American League. So, I mean, they're a good baseball team. There's no splitting hairs about that. They're, they're excellent at, at every position. Um, really strong pitching. Um, I think they probably have, have um, mature, you know, matured and come to fruition a little bit yeah. sooner than everybody thought they were going to. But I said that right on this podcast. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think that was hope more than anything. Um, I, that was no hope to me. I saw what they did last year and I'm like, you all, that, that's not no way in hell that's the last place team, especially when no. they don't have a Rundo door playing second base anymore. <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah. It's not the substitutes anymore. It's the, no. these are legit guys finding it out and figuring it out at the major league level. And I don't know if you've looked into their minor league system at all. It's only going to get better I know. for Baltimore Orioles fans. And this is the this is the first wave that we're, they, we, have they the haven't gotten. They have the availability, yeah. which is is quite unique in the majors. You don't see this too often. They actually have the availability to take assets that they have, either playing right now or ones coming up behind, and actually yep. create almost a super team. Like they can start to hunt for for really talented people and make it so that they're the you know the Braves from the '90s or you know and it's it's you, you, it's rare for teams other than the Yankees because they just spend. Um, I guess there's a few more that do that, but you know it, it's it you got to have some you got to have some some meat behind it, and they do. Yeah. I mean they're stacked. Yeah, but to that point, regardless, the last two games, the Blue Jays have held them in check. So sure. it was very interesting to see. You had mentioned that Barrios throws six innings of no-hit ball yesterday. Yeah. yeah. That I, I I honestly felt like I was watching something magical last night, watching him pitch. Yeah. And I really was shocked because even that one that Rushman finally breaks up the no-hitter with, that wasn't a screamer by any nope. means. Nope. So it was very interesting. And this is the fun that I've had as a Rochester, New York native, which has been the twins organization for years until the last two years where they have transferred to be the uh, Washington nationals, which I'm going to get to selfishly enjoy for the next, however long too, because they're in that same situation. I think the Orioles are currently, you know, endorsing and doing the, this is the ride that is Jose Barrios. hundred percent. Blue Jays fans have not gotten the chance to see Jose Barrios at his A game yet. You are seeing that in spades this year. I told everybody this was coming, and everybody's looking at me like I had a certain male anatomy coming out of my head. <laughs> so, anyways, but in the uh, J- Jason, night and day for Blue Jays fans looking at Jose Barrios between last year, this year. I don't want to jinx it <laughs> by talking about it too much, but. How impressive is this this um, transformation from where you've been sitting and to a no hitter almost last night? It's phenomenal, and I mean, look at him last year where his confidence was shattered. I mean, he was he was dragging his ass off the the field every single time he went out there, and even when he had a positive result or he pitched well, he would get diced. He'd get nothing behind him. He'd get no defense, and. There's nothing worse than when you're on the schneid and you start to have a good game and your shortstop pooches one, or there's a ball hit somewhere that a guy could get to and, you know, just doesn't get there. And so what I've seen from him this yeah. year is a new level of resiliency. He's got a, a, a laser foe. He's just staring a hole in the batter as he comes up, Like he's, he's ghost face. And it's one of those things when you, 
when you sort of look at the pitchers over the last even 20 years, like the guys who've really dug in and been really successful, there's certainly not smiles and chuckles on the mound. And I feel like Barrios has sort of hit that interesting sort of punisher point where he needs to sort of like it just shuts it on and shuts it off. And I've even noticed the, the other thing, and this may just be coverage. I don't know what it is, but I didn't notice him up talking to anybody last year. I didn't notice him sort of vivacious in the dugout or doing anything. And over the last couple games, I've certainly noticed like him and Gosman seem to have started a really good relationship with one another. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance, anybody who's out there or you got a chance to watch that thing on, on Gosman. Um, have not yet. It is excellent. It, I think <laughs> they had it up on Jay's journal the other day. It's one of those behind the lines. I think they're called um, extra innings. I think maybe yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yes, <laughs> it is. So, um, but it's all about being a, you know, a, a dad of a couple of little girls and just, you know, shutting off baseball and turning on, you know, dad. And the really interesting thing about it was listening to his wife talk about all of his career stops up to the Blue Jays because, you know, he was a very highly touted prospect. He came into the majors with a lot of expectations. For the Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) Yeah, with the Orioles. And crapped all over the field a bunch of times. And he moved up and he moved down. He was released by the Giants. like just. And he's actually one of the first ones to admit that. Yeah, he just and he could not get over whatever that thing was because you would see him kind of like what I was saying with Barrios down in AAA just destroys everybody. Yeah, never could and, able. They everybody thought that Kevin Gosman and wrote him off as what they call in baseball terminology a quadruple A player, not just destroys AAA. But maybe there's yep. not enough there really to hang in the major leagues. I credit Kevin Gosman with all of the proper best words I can humanly possibly say to get from where he was to where he currently is. And I wonder to your point here, where you were just going, Jason, you, I have seen the relationship stuff and this is what happens when you have the benefit of being with the team in spring training and all this stuff. Yes. That relationship with him and Gosman, I wonder how much has helped them both. And those are correct. All (laughs) three of them seem to be this weird, you know, multicultural sort of, three amigos that they're hanging out in the dugout together. I mean, you know, Bassett is Bassett. I've I've read a lot about Bassett and he's a very intellectual dude. And I think that if you don't get Chris Bassett, you're not going to get Chris Bassett. His teammates enjoy him, but he's certainly not, you know, he's not, he's not going to crush you in the dugout and make you laugh. And he's not throwing seeds in the rest of it. He's probably doing (laughs) Pythagorean's theorem in there, but you know, it takes all kinds, but it's, I really like this sort of uh, weird um, three buddy system these guys have. And, and, you know, I like to see them all talking. I think it helps that Kikuchi's English has come around. Um, and, and I know that uh, Brio said he was going to make that a point this year. It was to be able to communicate more with his teammates in English. And I, he's done a couple of interviews and I mean, kudos to him, man. Like anybody who has to learn a new language, it's hard enough. But then to have a microphone jammed in your face every couple of days and be like, hey, can you speak eloquently to a whole nation who, you know, who doesn't really care that you can speak English? Um, so and that dimension speaks French and. Yeah. <laughs> so there's and, that, too. And, and I love it. I, I really have enjoyed watching him pitch and watching him mature. Um, yeah. I think he's a solid human. I think he's I think he's got a really solid career. I mean, who knows? Pitchers are so, you know, pitchers come and go. Um, guys coming. You mentioned the thing about Kikuchi. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this or if you read this, but I've heard this from multiple players and player interviews because the, you know, 
kind of like what we do when we have players on here. We ask them the silly questions. We don't dive into their personal lives and stuff. It's like, who's your favorite band growing up or <laughs> stupid shit like that. They always ask all the players who the funniest person in the dugout is. And I've heard Vladdy said it, Bo said it, and a few of them that Yusei Kikuchi apparently is the comedian of all comedians in the Blue Jays locker room. So I got, I have a very interesting story for you. So Dude. my our our mm. baseball team has been blessed with the um the we have a person who's moved into North Vancouver and his daughter played majors with our group this year. Um, his name is Dong Lin. He was the strength and conditioning coach for the Philadelphia Phillies for 15 years. Um, this guy, I mean, this guy is, is legit. Like you're like, Hey, can you get, can you ping up a a picture of you? And he's like, just name the MLB or, and I got it, baby. I'm like, so cool. (laughs) Anyways. So so, when are we going to get some guests? I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's that's a preview. I'm hoping to get him in a couple of weeks. I would love to talk to him. Shenanigans. Yeah. But he was saying to me, uh, he was talking to the boys about nutrition and a few other things. And one of his favorite players that he ever met was uh, Kazawa. Um, uh, Kawasaki, and uh, Kawasaki. Uh, it, it's it, there's a video. If you get a chance to go look at it, it's the video is just called <laughs> "Monkeys Don't Crap," and he's cramp. actually trying to, <laughs> cramp. Trying to say cramp, and you can hear the whole team laughing behind him as he states multiple times <laughs> that monkeys can't crap. And then he's talking about bananas and how many he ate because he had to come out of a game because he was cramping, <clears throat> and. The whole team is dying. You can hear them off camera just dying. And the, the interviewer is keeping really straight faced about it. And uh, if you get a chance, Google it, watch it. It is hilarious. Yeah. So good. <clears throat> Hence the reason that Murinori Kawasaki was a national treasure for Blue Jays fans. <laughs> so, Love him. Um, did I ever tell you, I think we, I, you, I can't remember if you were in on this or not at one time, but we, me and Adam Corsair, when we started this podcast, we started a little bit of a secret handshake between other Blue Jays fandom and podcast things and writers. We started goofing around with the idea, okay, pick two baseball relevant people. It doesn't have to be pl- players, but it could be an announcer mixed with a player. Yep. It could be the front office man, whatever. Pick two people related to Blue Jays baseball, folklore, history, current players, anything. And then name the podcast they do together. One of the ones that I said was not terribly long after that monkeys don't cramp <laughs> and stuff um, was Minori Kawasaki hits a monster home run. It's like the only home run of his career at this point, I believe, or one of the very few wins the game for the Blue Jays and Mark DeRosa and Minori Kawasaki are doing the interview post game with Shai Davidi and he just runs over the microphone and grabs, I'm Japanese, and then runs off the field. <laughs> so, so good. The podcast was those two guys, DeRosa, Minori Kapasaki, and then the name of the show was I Think I'm Turning Japanese. Yeah, turning la, Japanese. 80s fun, 80s fun with music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, uh, it, it's but interesting. Characters are fun, and you have yeah. to have those in a lawn season. And it, and now that re- I was always that guy in the locker room, shocking. I have a podcast, <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, better than point, it better I agree than, with you one hundred percent. I'm. It's a good thing we didn't call the podcast "Monkeys Can't Crap." 
monkeys don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody be thinking we talk Toronto Blue Jays baseball about that. Um, but but um, you know, by the way, there's a meme about that on there. Like if you go on to Twitter and type in Manure Kawasaki, that's like one of the first things you, he's all serious and you, and you see him pop up like this and it says monkeys don't cramp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I mean, I think that, that, you know, what I'm getting at with, with Brios and with, with, you know, with the whole with that, that group is that, you know, they, they seem loose and lo- when you play loose, you're, you, the game is fun. And when the game is fun, you play better. And yeah. I mean, we're watching it right now with Vladdy. The flood, the fun has gone out of Vladdy. Vladdy is trying to murder baseballs and it's not, I mean, it's not what he should be doing. You know, I know he hit two today and I guess one was the second hardest ball he's ever hit. It was 116 miles an hour or something, but it's a single right to the left fielder. He can't advance the runner because it's hit so hard right to the guy. And I know you can't do anything about that, but I mean, maybe if you take a bit off that, it's one of those ones where you, you pop it into the gap and, and you know, and, and Varsho rounds and gets into scoring because, or gets to third. Um, yep. and, and, you know, you've got nobody out and runners at first and third. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where Vladdy's kind of frustrating me this year. And, and I, it was interesting. I, I did, my all-star voting, um, I've been trying to do it as much as I can. I, I kind of enjoy the Major League Baseball all-star game again. I think it's fun. And um, of yeah. all of the all-star events, be it hockey, be it, you know, the Pro Bowl, whatever, I feel like the baseball one is the most actual, like most natural. It's actually a game. Um, so to that point, I've been trying to get some some of the Jays there. And I anyone out there in, you know, in, in blog, Twitter, whatever verse we're in, um go and, and jay's vote. nation yeah jay's nation get out there and vote like you know i i know bichette is i think bichette's leading or something the al voting right now or he's in second or something so and I mean, to that yeah. point he probably damn well should be oh yeah for sure <laughs> but a guy like whit merrifield who's who's almost hitting 400 over his last over the last month i mean yeah. Get him in there. It's those guys that, that like Kirk last year, like he's never, ever, ever going to forget that. Now it does set a bit of a pedestal for him. And he's under, <laughs> but to that point, that. you talk about a guy that's coming back. Yeah. Kirk is starting to look appropriate. Him and Jano are both yes. starting to look, you know, a lot better and they need that. Like they're going to need, um, they're going to need a lot out of those two for this year, especially after giving up Moreno and now knowing yes. From seeing the guy that I can't remember the guy's name that they brought up. What was his name? Hutchison or something? Um, oh, it's Tyler Henneman. Henneman. Heineman. <laughs> and the Heineman they actually just traded for because Jano got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with the team last year. Actually had a little bit of a hot streak for the Blue Jays last year. And in the midst of that, like I said, he knows these pitchers already. Yeah. It was a it was a smart decision. It really yeah. was. Now you have the depth. You can bring him in and do what you need to to get done with everything at the end of the day. And I believe he still had one option. So I believe he's reporting to Buffalo today since being, you know, re- reallocated to yeah. the minor leagues. But to that point, it I, watching Kirk and Jansen be able to do what we were expecting to be doing finally going this year is what this offense could need in that bottom of the lineup. And I only point to, you know, that kind of thing going on when you aren't getting the production from Vladdy, but Vladdy got off to a hot start. It was almost like he was inverse George Springer. Yes. George Spring or George Springer got off to a crummy start, but was hitting the ball on the screws, just right at everybody. Yeah. Case in point of what you were talking about with Vladdy today, it's going to come if he makes hard bad con- back yeah. contact like he's been doing. 
And that confidence is going to start coming back if he does what he did today in that line out. Um, but now you got the flip of what's going on too. Like I said, Springer's yeah. looking like Springer. Yeah. <laughs> and that is happening perfectly. Is Vladdy has gone away from, I think last year he had a really strong approach to the plate where he was really, really, really be selective about the pitches. I watched this thing the other day about a, a major league. Uh, they could, they didn't, couldn't see who the batter was. But as a major yeah. league hitting coach talking to him about why he's swinging in the cage at bad pitches, he's per- he's purposely throwing him bad pitches. And he's like, why are you swinging at those? We're only here to drive balls, you know, over the shortstop's head into the gap or hit home runs. I don't yeah. want you to, to hit little dink outs that go down towards first base and you get tagged out. He's like, that's your problem right now. You're swinging he's at everything. a good hitter that he's gotten away from letting the game come to him. Right, right. And that's and you, you you teach youth baseball too, so you understand what I'm talking about. It's amazing how much is having a patient collective at bat will do for somebody like Vladdy that has this immense power yeah. that he does with a dish. Um, he, he's got to get back to being him, and that's what we were seeing from him when he was hot to be in this season. He wasn't swinging at those bad pitches. He's I hate to say, but he's turning into his father. <laughs> so he. Just let it bring back down, and I hope that that mantra of letting those balls come into the zone. I know they've been pitching around him, and he's anxious and wants to contribute to this team. But if the game comes back to him, those will be those balls will be strikes, and they're going to have to pitch to him. Yeah. And I mean, it's what the Jays were doing though early in the season, and this is what bolstered Witt and and brought Springer back and had Kiermaier yeah. roll. And was Bo was hitting so well that he was you couldn't pitch around him. Vladdy wasn't swinging at everything, so he was taking a lot of walks and getting on base. And then the fact that you had Matt Chapman as the hottest man on the planet at that time was not hurting. (laughs) Right. And so what what they need again is they need sort of two more fire plugs in the middle of that lineup that are constant. Varsho seems to be heating up a little bit right now again, which is good to see, Um, you know. He took a lot. There was a lot of heat in the offseason about that trade. And then I think in this in spring training, people were like, bah. and then people have been like, and and I say there's plenty of smoke to that fire. But to that oh, yeah, point, sure. I, I'm not upset with it because I think long term, it's going to look like a very fair trade. But right now, I can see exactly why Blue Jays fans are very upset with that fact, because Loris Gurriel Jr. had an amazing last month and Mourinho is looking like he's forming and learning at the major league level. Yeah, he's so right now you look at what we're dealing with and you're like, oh, wow, it'd be really nice to have a left fielder that could not that could hit not just home runs. <laughs> and that's what you were getting from Loris Gurriel Jr. Yeah. Um, and then you look at, okay, great. We've been inconsistent at catcher this year when you thought you had two amazingly good offensive catchers. Jansen's been in and out of the lineup and Kirk's finally getting going. So I, I get the point to where they're going with that trade looking bad. Yeah. I'm never going to argue against the fact that, that maybe that wasn't the best move, but I can't say that was the worst move ever. So no, this no, isn't getting I- Robert person for, um, John Olerud. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's going to be some trades that are coming up here. Like, I feel like we're, we're, we're set to see some movement over the next little bit. I mean, I, I really feel strongly that the Jays are going to target Liam Hendricks. I think they're really going to effort to bring him back, whether, whether this is Liam's last year or whatever, I feel like they want his swan song to be in Toronto. Um, I feel like he wants to be in Toronto. I, I mean, I know he's pitching well since he's come back. Um, yes, he actually has been very impressive for somebody that literally just rang the bell to come back yeah, from I know. A, a battle Insane. with leukemia. So, but, anyway, I, mean, I, I also feel like you know we may see a few uh, uh, like Biggio's been good, and Biggio has has trade value now, and 
you know, it's like you yeah. said, we have to address and we weren't thinking this at, at some, uh, you know, um, and, and we weren't thinking about this a while ago, but the outfielders were never our issue. We were, we were pretty happy. I mean, I know you weren't super happy about Kiermaier, but you know, he proved to be a very, 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 you know, positive asset. And it's, it's so interesting to, you know, like I've always considered myself to be a fan and I've always considered myself to be a, a watcher of sports. But since we started doing this little dog and pony show, I've really, you know, dug into to actually watching and actually looking at, at, at metrics and actually doing homework, which is weird. Um, you know, people think we just flip this thing on and wing it, which we mostly do. But um, it's, you know, I think that one of the things we're seeing right now is that that the, the some of those things are coming home to roost and yeah. we have to going into July and August, they're going to have to rely on their bats a lot. Um, to get them through middle innings. Um, they've proven that that their pitching isn't strong enough at some points to get them through those things. So you got to rely on your bats. And so my hope is that it was just, uh, you know, it was just a little blip. And, uh, you know, we're going to start to see them hit all hit again because uh, it seems when they hit in waves, they, they're really unstoppable. Or if they could just stop playing the American League East, that would be great as well. <laughs> there is that because the seven horrid record we have against opposing teams um and to that point i think after this game today uh, correct me if i'm wrong that we're actually done with the american league east for a good extended time except for the red sox that are here in the next few weeks which are still lingering around but we're not playing the orioles we're not playing the rays or the yankees until september thank goodness so I hope that this team looks a lot different offensively and all round baseball by the time we get to September, because to the point of regardless of all these things that we're mentioning and why we're scared, this is currently a, a full 500 and contending team. So yeah. we're above the 500 level. Is it looking great? No. But is it the sinking ship that everybody's starting to make it sound like? No, I don't think it's that. But to that point, they need to find what this team's identity is in my opinion. And I think that identity crisis is what's killing this team at yeah. the moment. And I know we talked a lot at the start of the year about them pulling the home run jacket. And, you know, uh, I think that, that as silly as it sounds, you know, like we have a, we have a stuffed taco that we, that we call oppo and he, you know, the kids love him. And when he's not there, you know, they don't, they, they don't play as well. Or it, the perception is they don't. It's bad luck. So, you didn't knock on wood. <laughs> right. So the, the big thing is, I mean, I don't know if they need to do something like that. Like not, not, you know, obviously not bring back the jacket, but if they need to restart something like that, where, you know, um, but I, I think there's certain parts of the team that are really having fun right now and don't really seem to care about the wins and the losses because they know yeah. how long of a season it is. But, but there's got to be that urgency, that battle cry. What do you, yeah. and that is the, and I don't, I, I can see they're having fun and I can tell they're all serious, but that, 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 that rally point doesn't seem to be there for me right now. And that's what I wonder about, you know, like I, I was a guest on the uh, walk-off podcast a few weeks ago and I had a very similar content uh, conversation around this whole thing is, is this team a speed team? Is this team a pitching team? Is it this? Is it that? And I can't really say we're doing any of those things perfectly right now. No, chunks of them. <laughs> and usually you have, yeah, you, you, you can't say this is a Blue Jay game, team of your because it's not a home run based team anymore. Nope. Um, so what is it? <laughs> That's my question. I mean, I think if anything, you know, when we, when they were really, when they really play their best, 
they're a hard hitting team that's tough to get out. Um, yeah. They'll make a pitcher work. Um, we just went over this as a as a little league team that you know we've had some kids that have been frustrated with strikeouts and. I mean, you know, we went through some of the matrix on some of them and some of these kids are taking these kids to 12, 13 pitches and then still striking out. And Mm -hmm. they don't understand why that's a positive thing until you really lay it out. And that's what the Jays were doing is they were wearing teams out. They were going old school Boston Red Sox where they just didn't swing at anything. If it wasn't in the strike zone, they weren't swinging at it. And full Kevin Euclid. Yeah, that's hard to maintain because the pitchers just keep getting better and better and better as the year goes on, and they start right. to realize you're not swinging, and they'll they just bait the hook and pull it. But the, I think that the thing that, that we have to, to to really look for is they really have to take advantage. Like I was just looking ahead at the schedule, and there's there's a few pockets there where they really have to try and take in it, and you know, like they've got a, a six gamer against Chicago and Detroit, and then you know. Arizona's behind that. And I mean, those are ones where you've got to put, you know, seven wins in there and, yeah. and really make sure that you're taking advantage of the teams that aren't playing as well. And, uh, you know, smash them in the mouth, you know, put your foot on them and hold them down and, and start to, to gain a little bit of momentum. But like you said, man, I mean, they're plus 500 right now. Like what are we complaining about? Really? Yeah. And like I said, I can't complain that I feel like the best can still be to come for this team. Like oh, yeah. I said, I, I think we've talked about it on this show a lot. What's the catalyst that takes them over the top and I'm grasping at straws and I don't feel like they're doing that. And I don't think they need to be, because this is one of those things that should just naturally yeah. happen. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it's going to be a, a lineup shakeup or it's going to be that like Nate Pearson does take that like extra step or something in the bullpen, or maybe this is that Bowden Francis actually shows that he could step into this fifth spot while my Manoa's getting going, yeah. you know, it could be a million and one things that finally take them to that next level. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. That tagline is the Blue Jays social media thing is starting to irk me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your law Makers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because <laughs> the next level thing, it's like it's right there. Just you know, I can't get there. <laughs> so I just it's uh, like being in, it's like it's like playing the Super Mario game, and that brick is just too far away for you to jump up and hit. Yeah, you gotta get super jump. <laughs> um, exactly. I don't know if you uh, if you're watching right now, but a uh, good friend of mine, Dan Einhorn, uh, watches the show quite a bit. Danny, what's up, buddy? Uh, he just sent me a text to say that uh, the um, the Rays are the first team to 50 points uh, this year. Um, so that are 50 wins, 50 wins. Yeah. No, can't You're putting your hockey hat on. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting when we talked about this, you know, at the start of the season, like we, I think we were all commonly thinking the Rays were going to be one of the worst of them. And they've been, again, I'm just, I'm outrageously good. Yeah. I, I've always said it. And this is because my friend, Brendan Panikar, I used to host the show with us. Um, he's tagged this line perfectly. You can't outraise the Rays. They're going to find a way to win. Yeah. Did I expect them to be this good? No, no. <laughs> but I figured, honestly, I thought they were going to be sitting right around where we are currently and being pesky as shit, like kind of like what I feel like we are actually doing to certain teams, except for like the weird night where we get blown out by the Baltimore Orioles to a tune of 17 runs the other night. Um, Those kind of things. But Jason, I think that I'm, I cannot say enough good things about what's going on with the Tampa Bay Rays other than maybe they should be getting that bell park in Vegas, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Interesting. Somebody uh, else brought up this point. I don't mean to go to a a different level. Do you know when the A's are supposed to move? Two years. That's what I thought too. Okay. So um, they have to build the ballpark. Well, so I was under the assumption that they were maybe going to use the aviators ballpark in Vegas. Have you been there? It's a, I have, it's actually not a bad ballpark. Oh my God. It's beautiful. I was Uh, there when it was uh, going kind of through the renovation when they were the 51 still, but to that point it was for a minor league ballpark. It was honestly very reminiscent of what I get to see here in Buffalo or out, you know, near Buffalo with the Bisons. Uh, Salem Field was meant to be a Major League Baseball stadium. So what they did was they built like stage one, which is what the current Salem Field is. And if they got the Major League Baseball team, they were going to the rest of it on it. Yeah. So but at that same time, you know, those teams ended up being the Rockies, the Marlins and Buffalo doesn't get a baseball team. So here we are. (laughs) But that minor league stadiums are built like that sometimes. And that's where the the, aviators ballpark is. Yeah. As much as the Oakland fans are now finally starting to come out and complain about the fact that getting the team yanked, uh, you got to, what, what really blows me away is a city like Las Vegas where, you know, they, they obviously the, the golden Knights win the Stanley cup the other night, um, you know, six years to win a, the, the national champ or win the championship of your sport is pretty insane when you're basically the outcasts of every, you know, of every team in the NHL. And then you you watch the game and the crowd's going nuts. And I went to a golden Knights game this year in Vegas and the the atmosphere was electric. If they had a quarter of that, you know, enthusiasm at any Canucks game I've ever been to, that wasn't a a playoff game, I think would be, we would be much better off. 
Now that yeah, being I said, think your Canucks win everything. Just saying. They still, uh, <laughs> but that being said, so we went to the Vancouver Canadians game on um, Tuesday night. What night is okay. it? Today? Thursday, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday night. And I've got to say this for a town that's not known for really, you know, being rah rah rah. I mean, the the Seas won nine one. There's three home runs. They were all bombs, and there were people cheering for the entire game. Like it was unbelievable one of the kids on the seas hit their first home run of the of their career first home run was awesome uh de jesus who's a player that is just a stud for the canadians hit two one was a monster it went over they have this big AW root beer cup and it went over (laughs) the the AW cup into the parking lot anyways but on that note the blue jays have a hell of a minor league crop at that low end that is looking very impressive yes so the blue jays don't let them rest at this trade deadline. They have talent to trade. It's just not major league ready trades. Right. But right. a team like we like what you were targeting a minute ago with Liam Hendricks being a possible great addition for this ball club and a very good piece to add to this ballpark, uh, our ball club. Imagine having him, Chad Green, Hyunjin Ryu in some fashion, all those guys along with a very emerging Nate Pearson. Yep. And Jordan Romano and Aaron Swanson, that's a lights-out bullpen that looks very similar to might be what's going on in Baltimore all of a sudden, Jason. Yeah. But to that point, I just want, while you're chit-chatting, I just want to throw this out here because this apparently is final as of today. Well, what's that? It's happening. <laughs> so, and not to mention, that is a very cool rendering of a random ballpark in the desert. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think so. my point is, is that, that, you know, the, when the A's move there, they're going to recognize real success in a weird city. It's a city that seems to really get behind what they've got. Um, you know, I know somebody that was down there for, for ga- the, the game five. And they were yeah. like, the funny thing is, is you don't know without a Jersey on, you don't know why people are in Vegas. And then you get, you know, a couple blocks from the stadium and you can see all the people in their hockey, you know, in their jerseys and, and you know, they're going to the game, but there are people just drawn to the party and they're, they're drawn down the street. And then there's an extra 4,000 people there that were never going, you know, never going to be down there. And it's yeah. like, you know, it happens at Raiders games. We were down there when a Raiders game was on and that whole strip, uh, leading over to the walkway over to the Raiders stadium, which again is yeah. unbelievable, but it's packed with people and most of them aren't going to the game. They're sort of caught up in the fact that there's 40,000 people walking somewhere and there's cool stuff going on here and there's music and a band and, you know, margarita stand. And yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the baseball. Will yeah. Be- Marc-Andre Fleury, who just lives there and is like freaking the team mascot at this point now too. Well, so. I mean, he's- <laughs> You know, that guy, that city loves that dude. I mean, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but when I was down there and I asked them, you know, I was like, how have the Golden Knights? I just asked this woman, we were in a smash burger eating and yeah. or I was ordering food and she had a, a Golden Knights jersey on. And I'm like, OK, it, it's first of all, it's not even hockey season right now. So, yeah. So I'm like, explain to me why you've taken to the Golden Knights like you have. Like, I'm like, are yeah. you from Minnesota? Are you from somewhere that where hockey was prevalent? New York, something. And yep, she's like, there. no. When the, when the shooting went down, the first entity that did anything about that that terrible shooting at the country music concert was the yeah. Golden Knights. They did that Vegas strong thing. Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury, Jonathan Marchessault, and uh, Nate Smith showed up at the site. They were, you know, they were present. And from that point on, the entire city has taken these guys. We're talking about Marc-Andre Fleury, 
who is a good goalie. I mean, maybe borderline great goalie, but yeah, there are people, and she said this, there's a group of perfect people, man for that team. Right. So, and they perfect. fly, they fly from Vegas to go see him as close as he gets from Minnesota. They'll go see him in Minnesota. It's like, yeah. what? Like this guy's become a superstar in a city of superstars. And I don't even know if he knows it. You know, like, I don't think he does either. He's like the coolest guy on the planet from what everything I ever see. Coolest just, cucumber, man. <laughs> a really neat, you know, aside. And and I think that yeah. to be in Oakland A right now, can you imagine being in that system? And you're like, dude, we're going to Vegas. They're going to build us a, a billion dollars. <laughs> Except game. they're not party animals like Jeremy Giambi and they'll be all set. <laughs> well, I think that that, I think that. Well, that, that might fix it. Yeah, He's I think that, that wears thin pretty quick. Like from the hockey players and the guys that I know in the NHL and stuff like that. The first year it was cool to go. I mean, you're like, yeah, Vegas. And then, yeah. you know, you go to Nashville. Nashville's equally as, if not more fun than Vegas. And, Correct. you know, a professional athlete can get themselves in trouble in, you know, in Baltimore. Um, no, there is no, that. Sorry, Baltimore. Um, yeah. Or Cleveland. You know, like, it, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff. There. <laughs> but I, I think that that when you have an influx of, of energy – that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the A's having money behind them and energy and a stadium where people will be revved up. I've been to the stadium in Oakland. It is awful. Like, and when I say awful, I mean, you go into the bathroom and you're like, I should probably wash my hands on the way in while I'm going and as I leave because I don't know what. I, I think I had that same thought. I'm not going to lie. I just can't believe that, that that ballpark, if you look up pictures of that ballpark, it used to be beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. But they I mean, somehow ruined it by upgrading. When they had the Raiders there and they were doing it as a dual stadium and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was yeah. something. And that area around in Oakland wasn't Murderville for lack of a better <laughs> term. I mean, it's terrible. You can't, I was leaving, we were leaving as a family, we're leaving the game and I went to turn left out of the thing and there's an attendant that sort of waves his hand like this and he's like, don't go that way. And I'm like, wow, that is a really, really awful look at, at i'm glad he warned you but me too shouldn't, shouldn't have to say that as an attendant but anyways regardless of that fact um i would say the one thing that the blue jays fans have been doing all year has been completely crazy for this team and i think that's the everything that's great in part of the scrutiny at the same time yes the <laughs> so crazy amounts of butts and seats like they had a nooner the other day and I think the attendance was 30,000 people yeah, there. Like, so. I get it. It, it. I get that there's a lot of excitement. And I, I feel like the players that the Jays have right now are causing their own, you know, and it kind of, it kind of sucks when a guy like, you know, Yuri's gone, you know, like some of the guys that are like Tay Oscar, like he would have, he would have really relished having this kind of, of spotlight. Yeah. That kind <laughs> of stuff. But, you know, I think that, like I said, they need to bring something back that sort of is team engaging, whether it's, you know, whether it's a hat or whether it's a jacket or whether it's, you know, throwing a guy in a laundry bin and running him up and down the thing. Um, you, they, I think they have to because they've got fun characters. They've got good guys and you, you need to let them sort of be those guys. The battle cry, the rallying point it is yeah. missing. And I think if they figure that out and honestly, I wonder how much of that is going to be whatever happens at the trade deadline is that person that brings the the random thing. It might yeah. not be like to that point we're seeing with Whit- Merrifield what he really can do this year, right? 
he was critical in those couple of playoff games that we could have, you know, won <laughs> and probably should have won. But to that point, you, we didn't get to see everybody said the same thing last year. Remember the, the vibes of everybody last year, really, with Maryfield? That's the only thing you got coming here for Toronto for the trade deadline. I thought we were a better team than this. <laughs> and um, you look at him now, and he's easily, as far as the lineup is concerned, he's the igniter. I Craig, think. I'm going I'm to tell you a secret. Whit Merrifield's my favorite player on this team. And it's not even, it's not even like if my, if Boba is then here is maybe my second favorite player. Whit Merrifield is up on the second. His stock is rising for you. Yeah. He's <laughs> making Whit Merrifield's upstairs making grilled cheese sandwiches while we're downstairs in the basement. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> the guy is, and I don't know if you've watched, you know, again, the, the Blue Jays things where he's golfing with, with Chris Bassett and, you know, they're, they're chasing the Gators and, and then just the whole thing with Bo Bichette when he puts on the jersey and he's like, oh, and he's like, you can call me Bo. And like, I mean, just that whole, I, I got <laughs> nothing but time about that one. Like, that. like <laughs> honestly, like a guy like Whit Merrifield and then, you know, and now he, and he's hitting and he's play, he plays hard. He plays yeah. the game the right way. That's what I like about Chapman too. It's infectious. Chapman, yeah. And that Chapman kind of play should lead to good things. Yeah. And yeah, Chappie, three. So, um, so outside of that fact, um, like I said, we've been talking a lot about the last 15 minutes of random things, catalyst, what takes this team eventually to the hashtag next level. And like I said, I don't think it's going to be that, but there are some things going on in the schedule. Hopefully that would play into our favor. I don't know what you've looked into over the next week, but we have the Texas Rangers this weekend. They start tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and a little closer to your time this time, at least their central time zone. So there you go. <laughs> so um, I can't say that's an easy one, but I say the chinks in the armor for the Texas Rangers have shown for what happens when you throw a brick of money at old players. Yeah. I As much as I love Jake DeGrom, that man cannot catch a break. Out for the rest of the season has Tommy John for second time. Second time, brutal. Um, you've been seeing the ups and downs are Nathan Avaldi more up than down, but I'm waiting for the like he usually does. Um, and maybe I'm hoping that we catch that pitching staff on the right week and yeah. <laughs> here yeah. that we can maybe take advantage of them. It's interesting to think that the you know sort of the team that we might be looking most forward to playing is the giants down the road a little bit, but yeah. I mean, you uh, know, because that catch the Marlins and the A's are the next teams we're going to be playing. Well, that's, I mean, and the Mar- both of them have been playing better baseball of late. Oakland's so. on a, on a seven game heater and Miami's in second, you know, Texas, yeah. Texas is like you said, it's an interesting team. Like, I mean, it's, you know, um, they, they certainly have, have had some high highs this year and, I'm I'm sort of with you on the feeling that you know in their last ten they're five and five. Um, they're kind of you know not dissimilar to the Jays where they are not you know eerily they've similar. Talent. They've got talent. They've had pitching issues. You know we've lost Manoa. They just lost Degrom. Like I mean, there's a lot of mirror images. You know Sager's probably their best player. Bichette's probably our best player. Like I mean, it's very very similar. And mirror images of each other, you know, it's almost. not, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when you think about it. And, you know, I think that, like we said, once the Jays sort of get out of the AL East, they seem to really pound on teams. So I'll be interested to see 
sort of what comes of – I was just going to look. I didn't even look. Um, they're playing the, the, the Angels tonight. Um, but who's Texas starting? So they're starting Perez against Gosman. Oh, wow, 6-2 and two versus 5-3. and three. I mean, gee. Yeah. all right, 50-50 <laughs> again. Jeez. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so, no, this is gonna. I, 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 to to uh, back you up on that. I, the the Blue Jays either have a chance to get right going against the Rangers, or this is gonna be a very beat 'em up series for four games that we're gonna be literally 50 50. Yeah. So, I really don't want to see it that way. But like I said, I, I hope that they did enough good things against Baltimore outside of one game um, that there's some confidence there. They know what they just got through. They went toe to toe with one of the best teams in baseball right now. And yes, you heard me say that all you major league baseball analysts, people that wrote the Baltimore Orioles in as a last place team to begin this season. Um, they, they, They are a solid team and they have to feel a little confident that they somehow managed to at least squeak one out of those three games, especially after opening the series, Jason, with a bludgeoning. Well, they they actually had a good chance, I feel like, to win that, you know, win the series today. Um, They did, very much so. A couple of those hits go a different direction. I mean, we're talking about a different thing. I was listening to the radio version of it, and they were talking about how um, Kiermaier had hit a few that that got caught. I mean, they just seemed to be, it's hit them where they were, not where they weren't. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to say what that game's like a month from now if, if you know, with a little fine-tuning and, and seeing how Baltimore plays, you know, the more you play them, the better you're going to be against them. So, I mean, I think that's one of the positives we can take going towards the, you know, sort of down the stretch is, is because we've had our fair share of, of going through the meat grinder that is the AL East, I think that that we can start to look at some sunnier skies and start to, to really – sort of sharpen our knives and go at some of these teams that that even though they're doing well in whatever division they're in just realize that that division isn't as strong as the al east correct if if the al east isn't the best division in baseball i challenge anybody to figure out one that's better um but oh come on you're saying milwaukee being basically in first place still is not the same thing (laughs) i love rowdy telez to death but no it's not good um, yeah. but it, you know, it's Beers, drinkers it, and hell raisers, man. <laughs> I think the whole thing is that, um, you know, a lot of these things are going to start to play themselves out. I feel like the Jays, the Jays are, like you said, they're one catalyst away from going on a, like a month tear where they're just, just going roughshod on everybody. And, you know, looking at that schedule, I feel like there's some opportunity for them to, you know, if they can get some momentum against Texas, pop a couple of wins against Miami. I mean, there's no way that, that Oakland's going to stay as hot as they are. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Um, you know, so maybe you take a couple from Oakland, you take a couple of San Fran, and then you're starting to get into a part of the schedule where you've got Boston for three, so mixed bag. But then that White yep. Sox, Detroit, six Better take advantage of it. You got him. You have to. <laughs> and, and then all-star know, break. Yeah, and then all-star <laughs> break. So, I mean, it's – I think this is a real big swing part of the season. I think what, you know, um, we're going to BP tonight, and I think the Jays could use some BP as well. Um, you know, just hit balls into gaps, hit balls, run balls, you know, start playing Whit Merrifield baseball. Everybody should play, play Whit Merrifield baseball. Well, and um, to that point, you know, I, I play the Whit Merrifield baseball, you know, put the ball in play. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I don't care. Like I said, I'm not is outside of my base Blue Jays fandom. 
Tony Gwynn is easily my favorite player of all time. And watching that man hit, if anybody even thinks about and takes a little chestnut from what he taught, putting the ball in play is better than an out. doesn't yeah. matter. Things yeah. happen. If you don't put the ball in play, you never know what's going to happen. And, I, and that's I the difference between a Joey Gallo that strikes out all the time and a Hall of Famer. So I challenge you know anybody that's out there watching the the show, uh, you know, listening to the cast. Tony Gwynn is a guy. I guarantee you, you don't know about Tony Gwynn. I guarantee you, you will go in and you will start looking at Tony Gwynn facts, and there'll be three of them where you'll be like, "No, that's not possible." No. And then you go look at it again, and you're like, "Hmm." That, like, and you start you're gonna to literally to, keep going like this, and yeah. it's gonna still make no I mean, sense. And then, <laughs> guys, it's I find it so funny that a guy like Tony Gwynn that that is the best hitter the game's ever seen. There's there should be no argument about that. He is the best hitter the game has ever seen. When do they ever talk about him? Like, when, when are you ever listening to you know, like they're like, ah, Aaron Judge is swing just like looks just like Tony Gwynn? No, never, never. Never do you hear that, you know. The man has seven Silver Slug Award winners. So for a guy that didn't slug. (laughs) So he did a career 135 home runs. So you're not talking a guy that hits the ball out of the park. But over a 20-year career, 3,141 hits. And then here's the shock and awe number. So he plays in... 2,440 games. You want to take a guess on how many actual strikeouts this man had in a 20-year career? I feel like it's something really gross, like like 110 or something like it, that. It's not that gross, but we're going in the direction. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it's. I, I can't remember. There was one stat that I read that I, I think it was talking about his playoff games or something, and he struck out yeah. like four times in the playoffs. Like, like That's what? It. Like, and he played in the playoffs pretty often. He didn't yeah. get to the World Series very often, but he played in the playoffs a lot. And he only struck out 434 times in 2,440 games. <laughs> and then here's the crazier part. So you dive into it. The guy consistently played over 100 games pretty much 16 of those 20 years. Yeah, it's crazy. 16 of those 20 years, and there are – years here he doesn't even break 20 strikeouts in a season it's nuts and you know baseballism <laughs> doesn't have a tony gwynn collection like you know you can't go on to, to to you know fanatics and find the tony gwynn section like it just it, it doesn't happen and you know he was an all-star from 1984 every year <laughs> until 1999 oh sorry <laughs> i take that back on. one exception one exception in 1988 he was hurt to begin the season. <laughs> so, either way, that's like I said, that's 16 seasons. 15 of those, he was an all-star. <laughs> I mean, you start to look like, I don't even know. I'm going to look now because I, th- I feel like I'm going to be horrified when I see that. But let's the just... closest Blue Jay equivalent. If for Blue Jays fans that want to talk about pure hitting stuff, Jean Olerud is my Blue Jay equivalent. He didn't strike out, took walks. But this is the tip of the iceberg looking at Tony Gwynn's stats versus John Olerud. John Olerud has the one amazing year, and that was a 300-hitter the rest of his career. Yeah. So. I mean, it's <laughs> John Olerud was about the purest the, the purest swinger. I mean, I, I, you know, I, got, to see him, I got to see him live because I was there. So yeah. let's just put this in perspective. So – uh, uh, Juan Carlos Stanton, 
<laughs> you don't call me Mike Stanton. Old Juan Carlos has played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine years in the majors. Looks like it's only 10. been that long. Yeah, he has seventeen hundred and sixteen strikeouts. <laughs> That's more than a twenty-year career for Tony Gwynn. That's actually like clips into like the quadruple times or. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. So, anyways. So that's that's obviously the complete other end of the spectrum, uh, Mr. Lyons. But <laughs> it's like Yankee again. The I game changed. So up until that point, that's a chance that the Blue Jays have a chance uh, to they could do. And I think they're doing that with a lot of their players. Be, I would I'd be curious. I don't have it right in front of me where they rank actually in that strikeouts per as a team. Because I it's we're not in the Melvin Upton years of you know Blue Jay baseball where they were striking out every five years or five minutes, I mean. <laughs> but um well, let's just not let's not look at the stats for what their stats are for batting with runners in scoring position, because that's horrible. there's some fun in that data too. I I was curious on that one. I don't know if you've noticed this too, but not all, that is a true statement that they're not doing good with the runners in scoring position as a team. But they also lead Major League Baseball with opportunities for runners in scoring position. Yeah, haven't they loaded the bases more than any team in the majors or something like Correct. that? Correct. So that's going to change if you consistently get guys in scoring position oh yeah for and sure. they are doing that at a cliff that's better than most teams in baseball so i i to me like i said that's the catalyst part and this is where i think the identity crisis that the blue jays are going through because right now if you had to box this up into a terminology where this is for me this is a defensive first team where you're hoping to get enough hitting right, right now yes. but we yeah. should be getting more hitting with this lineup yeah they've got so. the sticks to do it Correct. So, Jason, before we go too far, do you have any other things you would like to throw in here in Tony Gwynn's podcast? And <laughs> have some fun. Hour. No, um, I mean, I, I wasn't here last week. And, and um, you know, one of the things I did want to, you know, we're going to, you know, I want to talk about this. So next batter up is a, is an app that um, does walk up songs and, and, you know, you can do voice work and you can get all kinds of, of fun stuff going on with that. And I just wanted to thank them. They've, they've actually sort of rekindled my voice work career. I, I've done a few, uh, a few teams extra now um, for some places just outside of Pittsburgh. And um, where was the one from last West Virginia or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, if you guys are interested, you can reach out to me on any of my socials that you guys can probably find me on. Um, I'm doing the work for like $2 a kid. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you send me the songs, I can do the whole thing and, and it gets to be pretty fun. I've done it for my kids for a while now and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a good app and it's a lot of fun. And now batting, 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 batting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then ba-bum, ba-bum, bum, bum, like yeah. a freaking WWE entrance, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. So Jason, it's that time of the evening time for picks to click so you were not here last week so we carried over your george springer again which uh funny enough won you a, oh, a couple of weeks yep. so it's um i don't know if you've looked at what george springer's done over the last uh, seven days but it's quite impressive yeah i know <laughs> I, I feel like so i really like one, one home run eight hits batting 364 over six games quite impressive unfortunately i'd say my pick of uh 
double K. It didn't quite pan out. And Vlad for the guest spot, who's been carrying over from Mr. Heck being on the show a few weeks ago, um, didn't quite make it. But um, <laughs> I'm kind of actually wondering if freaking Ken actually once again found a way to who did he have put his money where his mouth is. He had Mr. Nate Pearson. That's yeah, a tough and one. To that point, I don't know if you saw what his last seven days looked like, but he got into three ball games. He picked up a win, and that's so that's five innings of work. Only allows three hits and no runs while crazy. striking out five. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think I think that's got to win. I would say normally, but I also am saying that maybe you take the win here because the fact that George Springer, that game that he had the home run, was the reason we won the damn game. I'll take that. <laughs> so, but to that me. point, Kenny, that would if for the all the years that we've been doing picks to click on this show, that would have been the first reliever to ever win picks to click that I as long as I've been doing this. So, yeah, I got to give Kenny the extra shout out to that because if George Springer does not have the week that George Springer just had, he wins. <laughs> and it and it literally took a game winning. Home, yep. home run to do it. So thanks, George. So well, I can't say game winning, but he was the reason that it was one to nothing for the whole game. <laughs> so on that note, but so to that point, reigning champion, who do you got this week? And to that point, Kenny's going to have a chance for Nate Pearson to continue his hot streak because his his pick will carry over from last. That's week, true. Along that's with, true. Along with Vlad in the guest spot. I feel like I'm going to go off the, off the, uh, I, I haven't taken a pitcher yet this year. And so you have not, I don't want to, again, I, you know, I, I don't believe in jinxes or hexes or any of that other crap. So I am going to take Kevin Gosman. There you go. Starting the series off with the Kenny, uh, with Kevin Gosman. So yep. I'd say that's a pretty good chance because you're actually the catch on that. What I found over the years of doing this, that the pitchers that end up having two starts, if they do, two mediocre starts or one mediocre and one excellent usually outweigh a lot of hitting. Yeah. So, but you have to find that guy that's pitching. So go Kenny, go cause. (laughs) So anyways, now I got a pick and I'm trying to think of who I haven't picked here in a while. And I'm really kind of desperate for a win. So I'm going to ride the guy that has the best batting average over the last six days. And that is your new favorite blue Jay whip. Merrifield. <laughs> so Love me I, I can't believe I haven't picked him that yet this year. So it's going to finally get somebody new on my board. There you go. <laughs> so anyways, anything else you would like to discuss? Nothing, buddy. Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus. <laughs> so, all right, Blue Jays fans. Thank you very much. Thank you for chit-chatting with us. And we saw the comments uh, this evening. Thank you to Shane Blyer hikes for, you know, chiming in that Vladdy needs to hurry up and get hitting. And all that kind of good stuff that we saw on the message boards this evening. Make sure you join us each week on our new time, everybody. So I'm sorry to say that we are moving to Monday nights because my cohorts here and Ken Alfred and Jason Lyons, you know, apparently have lives and get to do fun, fun things outside of Blue Jays podcasting. So we are moving to Monday evenings, seven o'clock Eastern time. So we will be with you to kick off series this now, instead of going like we've been doing where we're kind of just, catching the tail end and on a getaway day usually. So to that point, Blue Jays. The other thing is if we need to throw a few extras in, if we hear from the, if we hear from the masses that there's, or if there's a big game or something weird, I feel like we'll have a little bit of flexibility. You and I might just pop on for, you know, a little IG live or something like that. That's what the kids are. 
digging on right I now. I want to get back to doing that again. We haven't had that fun with the being able to do that with the Twitter spaces stuff or any of that kind of yeah. stuff of late. Yeah. So we'll get that moving back up, especially 100%. now with our fun, wonderful tools here. I can actually put the thing on this and stream it other places. <laughs> so it's one wonderful things with technology. Yay. I'm a nerd. I get it. <laughs> so, um, Anyway, Blue Jays fans, make sure you tune in Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern right here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, yep. anywhere else that you can possibly find us. Dang and it. we'll be here for you live to chit-chat with you, Toronto Blue Jays baseball. If you miss us live, make sure you listen to wherever you can get your podcast pleasures for. Hit those subscribe buttons on YouTube and anywhere else you might find us. And we are happy to be here and talking Blue Jays baseball with you at the barroom chat. That is the Jaybird Watching Podcast part of jaysjournal.com and fan sided and i think it's that time of the evening one right. two three <laughs> Woo! let's go blue jays this is taking forever why is it not taking forever <laughs> thank you, know? you for listening to the jaybird watching podcast please follow us on facebook instagram twitter twitch at BirdwatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining it to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.